You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Over the next few weeks, we're going to uh, look at uh, Paul's exhort, final exhortation to the Philippians. And uh, it's a passage of scripture that deals with a lot of practical things that I think over and over and over again in our lives, we need to be reminded of. Because over and over and over again, we hit these moments where we need uh, to be in line with what God says and not give way to what our flesh would otherwise want to do. And uh, I find this passage to be one of the kind of a very highly practical passages for just everyday life. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to read through the whole passage that we're going to look at. And then today we're going to look at one part of it in particular. And then over the coming weeks, we'll look at um, each section as it comes. So we're going to look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 13. That's Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 13. It says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is uh, excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned and received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at the last, uh, at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you have had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know that of what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Wow, what some great lines there. We live in a world that's constantly changing. In fact, there's a quote that says, the only thing constant is change, right? We live in a world that is constantly changing, and this uh, for all of us, has been really apparent in the last few weeks. We have changes to our government, changes to our relationship with the EU, changes to the financial markets. But this is also true in everyday life. There's constant changes in our families, isn't there? You know, children keep getting old. We were just looking at our pictures in our room of our kids and thinking, what just, what's happened? They were like little, and now they're becoming big. You know, things, they just change. Nothing in life, you can just hold on and just kind of just be static, but things are constantly changing. Our relationships with friends change. People move away. Samuel and Anastasia are going, to, are going to leave us and our church will never be the same. They won't be here. Our hearts are changed. Right? This happens in life. We're constantly facing change. And the problem when we face change is that change creates a, a feeling of uncertainty, doesn't it? When all of a sudden we realize we've lost our job or or, or, or a close family member passes away, or, or something that we've relied upon something suddenly is shifted, there's this, there's this anxiety that kind of comes in our hearts because all that we thought was going to be lasting doesn't last. How many have had those moments? That phone call, that situation, where all of a sudden everything shifts in your life, and all that you thought was going to be sure isn't sure anymore. And those can be very unsettling moments because we like stability. 
for all of us, we like stability. And I think even looking at our country right now, I think what unnerves so many people is that there's instability. And so you don't know what to do. Should, should I take a risk and buy that? Should I, should I, uh, businesses, should we invest at this moment? Should we keep hiring staff? And we don't quite know how the trade relationships are going to be. All of these things, uncertainty creates fear. I can create fear, creates an anxiety. Because we all have these questions of the what ifs. What if this happens? What if it all falls apart? Can we do it? Can we make it? Is this person going to be all right? And uneasiness can quickly progress to worry and fear if, if we're not careful. And the first part of this passage speaks about this challenge, I believe, that all of us face in time to time in our lives. And Paul starts with this. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And then in case you didn't catch it, he says, and again I say rejoice. And there's an exclamation mark. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. The starting point with dealing with uncertainty and change and problems is focusing our eyes upon Jesus and lifting up His name. When suddenly things change in our lives and our circumstances, we have a tendency to turn our eyes off of Jesus and actually get very focused upon what is, what is uncertain. Right? We have a, a, we have a quick tendency to kind of migrate from thinking how great God is to how big the problem is. And Paul says, actually, you know what? Rejoice in the Lord. Celebrate Him. We're thanking God for who He is and what He's doing. Thank you for hearing. Thank you for, for moving in our lives. Although everything can be uncertain in life and can change in life, Jesus does not change. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you think about life and all that changes and all that moves and all that shifts and all that happens, there's only one thing that will never change, and that's the Lord. It's the only thing, it's the only sure thing that when we look to Him, He's the only thing that in this life will never, ever, ever change. And we can rejoice in that because He is the victor of all things. He is bigger than all. He is the creator of all things. And we can, we can celebrate Him. He is the sure thing. In Psalm 125.1, it says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. When we choose to put our hope in Him, we're anchored to something that does not move. And although... The markets can move, although our friends can move, although family can move, although all, everything else can move. Those who are anchored to Jesus will not be shaken. The world around us can be shaken, but when we're solidly planted upon Jesus, you know, we can weather the storm because we've got something behind us and on us and underneath us that will not move. If you put a boat out in the sea, which is constantly moving, you drop an anchor. And an anchor holds the boat secure. So although the waves could be blowing against it or pushing against it, although a storm can happen, an anchor will hold it secure. And the world right now around us is looking for security. They're looking to the government. They're looking for the next politician that will bring security. But you know what? That security can only be found in Jesus. We can look to all sorts of human people and people will let us down. Situations will change. We can't look to the EU, neither can we look to our own government to create the security that we need. Security can only be found in Jesus. And that's why Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. He is the one that's secure. He's the one that is, is in all things, is holding all things together. He's the one that we rejoice in. 
We don't rejoice in our government. We don't rejoice at the, the, um, the next politician. We rejoice in the fact that Jesus is in control and we're going to hold on to him. We don't need to give way to fear because he's got it in control. The world can fall apart all around us, but we're secure in him. So there are uncertainties in this world. The world can be shaken, but we rejoice in the Lord. We lift up our eyes and proclaim his supremacy. You see, even at the end of that verse, it says the Lord is near. Why is the Lord near? He's because he's our foundation. He's right there. We rejoice in him. So we, at this moment, even in, in points of, of uncertainty, in points of, of anxiousness, the very first the very first call we have is to set our eyes upon the unchangeable nature of who Jesus is. And we rejoice in him. We put our hope in him. We put everything in him. We put all our eggs in that basket because that basket will never be shaken. He's right beside you. He's there to sustain you, to carry you through. He's a big God that will help you through any situation that you could face. Right now, you might be facing something that's very big in your life. Do you know what? Can I tell you? Rejoice in the Lord. Because He is greater than anything that you're going through right now. Lift up your eyes. Then the passage goes on. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And so we start with rejoicing. But the second part of it is giving. In this sense, it's better to give than receive. Sorry, in this sense, it's better. Yeah, we, we give. We, we, we need to be giving. But what are we giving? We're giving our concerns. In, in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, cast your cares, your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. You see, we all face moments where we're, we're weighted down with cares. I don't think there's a person in this room that doesn't have a care in your, your life. I, I like those days, those moments. I don't know if you had those moments where you wake up in the morning and think, you know what? Life is grand. Everything's good. Do you like those moments? When you look at your life, you're thinking, I don't have any financial problems. I feel healthy. My family's good. Church is good. Everything's good. And that doesn't usually last very long. <laughs> right? And then you go downstairs for breakfast. <laughs> and the kids are fighting and ah! All of us face these moments, right, where, where we have things that are not in our control happening around us. And they create feelings of anxiety and, and stress and worry and, and all, all sorts of, of fear inside of us. And we're called in this passage to give these concerns to the Lord, to give all that is, is worrying us with prayer and petition. God, this is what I'm concerned about. This is what makes me feel anxious right now. God, I'm going to give it to you. And in the passage of casting our cares upon him, when you cast something, you have to let go of it. Right? When you're going to throw, cast a net, you don't cast it and keep it in your hand. Otherwise, it just stays with you. Right? Anyone who fishes, you, you cast the net and you let go so it can, it can reach its destination, which is generally the water. For you and I, we have, we wake up in the morning and bam, we've got those thoughts of concern. We've got everything that happens. We start with this position of God. We thank you that you're still on the throne, that you haven't changed. I'm going to rejoice in the fact that you're a God. But Lord, there are some things that are, are weighing me down. 
And God, this day, I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to release them to you because I can't have, I don't have the answers. I don't have the, the where how to, to change the situation. But God, I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to cast these cares upon your shoulders because you're more than big enough to carry them. You and I have to do it. Do you know fear and anxiety is not something that God ever created us to have. He's got the world on his shoulders. You don't need to. You see, the funny thing about worry and the funny thing about anxiety is that it steals everything about today. It steals everything about the present. God wants you to not live in the future, but he wants you to live in the present. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you, but it's for today. He hasn't given you the grace for the future. Do you know that? You don't have the, you don't have the grace. He hasn't given you a bank account of grace that you can draw from in your future. He's only giving you a portion for today. And when you start to go into deficit, which means you pass the grace that God's given you for today to deal with the problems you've got, and you start to dabble into tomorrow, you start to run an overdraft. An overdraft has interest, and it has compounding interest. And that compounding interest starts to cause health side effects. It has all sorts of issues that play a havoc in our bodies, in our minds, in our spirits, because we're doing something we've never created to do which is carry the concerns and carry the worries of tomorrow. And those things are in his hands. But in only for him to be involved and to be engaged in our circumstances, he said, I want you to give those things to me. You need to give them, but you need to release them. You need to hold them with open hands and say, God, here they are. I'm concerned about this. You know, God is concerned about every area that you're concerned about. Sometimes we think, well, that's a minor thing. I, I don't want to trouble God with that prayer request. If it's bothering you, God wants to know about it. The reality is God does know about it. But he's waiting for us as children to engage him in this context, to engage him in the situation. God, we, we the, the prayer of petition that saying, God, would you move, is inviting God to be present in everything that's going on in our circumstance. And the Bible says even before we pray, God starts to move. God is already on the move. Because God is, is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. And so when we're praying a prayer... He's already in the future. He's already in the past. He's, he's, he's not looking at time as we're going through time. He's not looking at tomorrow thinking, I wonder what's going to happen. What are the people going to do? Oh, that's a tricky one. I don't know how that's going to play out. There's nothing that God does not have an answer for. When we have scripture, we have the beginning of time and we have the end of time. Why do we have the end of time? It's because God is already in the end of time. He knows how it's all going to play out. And so he can help us through the journey. And for you and I, this is why I say it's a constant reminder. This passage of Philippians is a constant reminder because even this week in, my, in our own lives, there are some things that have happened. You think, God, I need to come back to this place of giving things over to you. Because so quickly, our nature is to try to figure it out and sort it out on our own. And as soon as we hit that roadblock of realizing this is beyond us, fear kicks in and worry kicks in. Oh, I can't, I can't change that. That's beyond me. And so we start to, we start to get all stomach starts to churn. We start to lose our peace. And suddenly we begin to move in a realm that God never called us to move in. God said, I want you to cast your cares upon me. I've got big shoulders. My yoke is easy. My burden's light. So if you're walking with me, actually, 
We walk in a gentleness. We walk with an ease in our spirits. Even though things can be challenging, we don't need to be heavy laden. It doesn't mean that life is perfect. It means we can have this sense of, of ease in the side, in the, in the middle of challenge. Because God is our strength. And we've given these cares over to Him. And so we're just going to leave it there. I've discovered in my life, this isn't a one-time prayer. This is a daily prayer, isn't it? Petitions is something we do regularly, isn't it? If you're going to petition, it's something, you're going to bring it back and back and you're going to continue to bring it before the Lord. And so I think every morning, when there are things that are heavy in our part, in our hearts, every morning we cast that again to the Lord. Hey God, here it is today. I can't deal with it. This is beyond me. God, I give it again to you. Because the funny thing is we wake up in the morning and boom, the thought is there. Right? Boom, the fear is there. Oh, I'm anxious again. Alright God, I give it again to you. I give it again to you. I give it again to you. I keep casting my fears upon the Lord. Casting my cares upon Him. You see, it, it happens when we first set our eyes upon Him. And we, we realize He is bigger. He's stronger. And so we can give things to Him. But then it says, it says, with thanksgiving. Do you know thanksgiving makes it a prayer of faith? I don't know about you, but sometimes we can pray prayers that just make us feel worse afterwards. Oh, God. My life is awful. How many have been there? Come on. I have prayed many of those prayers of thinking, woe is me. Just kill me, God. Maybe not quite that bad, but you know, the sense of, do you know what? Something happens when we begin to pray with thanksgiving, saying, God, I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you that this prayer is going to be answered. I thank you that this concern is now your concern and that you're on the case. And so I can rest in this. I thank you for what you're going to do. We're thanking God for all that he's doing. Thank you for hearing. Thank you for answering my prayers. Thank you for carrying my burdens for me. God, I thank you that it's in your hands. Thank you. Thanking God produces faith in our own hearts. When we just stop at the point of, I'm going to unload my burdens and dwell on them, versus unloading our burdens and thanking God that He's going to now pick it up. There's a transition that happens in our hearts. And I think it's important that we vocalize that. When we're going through hard times, it's important that we vocalize our thanks to God in the hard times, in the prayer. God, I thank you for what you're going to do. Because it shifts something in our hearts. It's for, how can I say, it's more for our benefit than it is for God's benefit that we say thank you. Thank you is, is, is involving our, our faith involved in this, this prayer. And so we rejoice in the Lord. We, we, we give Him our, our cares and concerns. But then it says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. You see, there's this great exchange. We give him our cares, but he comes in return with peace. And his God's peace has two distinct characteristics. And the first one is what we just read. Is that it transcends all understanding. In other words, I can have peace in moments that would otherwise be impossible to have peace. It transcends understanding. I can be in the middle of my life kind of around me, falling apart, and yet I can have this incredible peace. That transcends understanding, because it's no longer human peace, because human peace is dependent upon circumstances, isn't it? 
Money is sorted, health is good, family's good, friends are good, job is good, everything's good, neighbors are good, cats good, dogs good, fish is good, everything's good. So thus, I can have peace. Pension funds good. Politics are good. Like the prime minister, all those things. Ah, peace. No. Actually, the peace that surpasses understanding is a peace that is, despite the circumstances, despite what's going on around us, I can wake up in the morning and I can have a peace in my heart. I can face this day with a peace in my heart, knowing that God is in control and I can just live life with just a rest inside of me. You see, the peace that God gives is not the, the same peace that we get in the world or in our, our own flesh, because it's based upon who he is and not upon circumstances. And it's based upon his unchanging nature. Going back to the fact that he's a God that doesn't change. He's a God that continues to love. He's a God that continues to care. He's a God that continues to sustain. And because he is unchanging, our peace is in him because he is in control and he is all powerful. I can just settle in this peace knowing that God has got it in hands. And so it isn't dependent upon circumstance. It's completely dependent upon God. I find the peace in Him. Problems and uncertainties can still be there. But we have a peace because our trust is in the Lord. And He won't let us fall. This is the peace that we would see in the middle of a storm. There's a peace. But the second part of this peace, the second attribute, is that it guards our hearts and minds. His peace is there to protect us. Again, I would say worry and fear is like a poison that will eventually destroy you. And the enemy loves to use this. I think whenever we, you know, have moments, maybe you're made redundant in your job or maybe something happens in your family or, or suddenly there's a physical problem and the enemy is very quick to try to get you down that path to take on worry and fear. Because he know, he knows it will steal your joy. He knows it will steal your peace. He knows that that worry and fear will come, will completely, it'll be like a spiritual cancer that will just eat away at you. You will not things, see things from the right perspective. Fear has a funny way of just destroying everything in your life. And yet peace guards our mind and our hearts. It guards our minds so we can think clearly. When you're wrapped in fear and worry, you're not thinking clearly anymore. But something happens when God brings his peace. I can see things clearly. He guards my thought process. You know, many people struggle with mental health issues because often there's a root of things of, of, uh, of fear and worry or anxiety that have just eaten away. God wants to protect our minds. He, want, he, he never created us to have this, actually. He called us to give these things to Him. When we walk in His divine peace, our lives are shielded from these destructive responses that the enemy would love to us, kind of have us work in. You see, peace is, is something that's supernatural. And when peace is in our hearts and we're facing turbulent times in our lives, there's a protection that comes in us, that our hearts do not become um, calloused before the Lord. Our, our minds become clear to, to still hear His voice and respond to Him. There's something, there's like a, we're in a cocoon of His peace in the middle of everything. 
And I know some in this room have gone through challenging times and have trusted in God and have can testify this morning of peace. I know even hearing Christina's testimony, she would speak of, you know, in losing her daughter, there was this peace. In the middle of tragedy, there was a peace that was guarding heart and mind. God wants to surround you and protect you with whatever you're going through right now. It's his peace that will help you through it. And it's not a peace that we can conjure up. It's a peace that we just need to receive from him. You see, when we cast our cares, when we give everything to him, when our eyes are set upon who he is, he just comes with his peace in that exchange. And there's a rest that comes in our hearts. There's been moments I've been carrying things in my life and I've been worried about things and, and God just has corrected me. And suddenly when I, okay, God, I'm going to give this to you. Something shifts in my, my own spirit and there's a rest that comes deep inside. And that's wonderful because in a place of peace comes joy. And joy is what strengthens us. But in a place of worry and fear, joy, joy is knocking on the door. <laughs> Trying to bring peace. I won't point joy out because I often do that. And that's not fair, is it? Just because your name is Joy doesn't mean every time we talk about Joy, she gets presented. I'm not going to do that today, Joy. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm not even going to go there. If Joy knocks on your door, it's just her. But she will bring Joy. God wants us to not weather the storm on our own, but he wants us to be guarded and shielded in him. You see, we can't stand against it. You and I, when we build our houses upon our own feelings and emotions and circumstances, you know, when the storms come, we can't stand under that. But it's God's peace and his presence that gives us the strength and gives us the protection to weather whatever comes our way. When our hope and security is found in the Lord... And we're not living in anxious lives, but filled with the peace of God. There's a gentleness and calmness that is evident to all. We see this at the beginning of the passage. It says, let your gentleness be evident to all. I don't know about you, but in kind of stressful situations, there are people that sometimes can be in that midst. There are people of peace. They're walking to the situation. There's a rest. There's a confidence. And suddenly they become evident to all because everyone else is kind of anxious and freaking out of what's kind of happened. And they step onto the scene and there's something about, there's a gentleness there. There's a, there's a calmness about their spirits. You know, people are watching our lives. They watch how we respond to situations. And if we are being people of peace and we're bringing the peace of God that surpasses all understanding into the middle, it becomes evident to everyone. Something's different about you. Why are you not anxious? Why are you not fearful? Why, why in, in the, in the middle of calamity, is there something that's just restful in you? There's a gentleness in your spirit. You see, the funny thing is, um, when we move out of fear and when we start moving out of worry, there's not gentleness, is there? We can be very aggressive trying to sort out the problems. We can, we can be aggressive in, in our nature. But peace brings a gentleness, doesn't it? Peace has this way of calming the storms, even in the lives of people around us. 
You know, even in our time of this country and what's going on, do you know, we need to be people of peace. Bringing the peace of God in conversations. People are worried about what's going to happen to the country. You know what? We can bring, we can speak gentleness. We can speak, you know, God's in control. We can look to Him. It doesn't, yes, it matters what happens politically, but you know what? At the end of the day, God is in control and we can find peace in Him. And so even though people can be fretful and, you know, I've talked to a number of people over the last week, you know, talking to neighbors and all this anxiety is going on. You know, we can be people of peace in those conversations. A gentleness that, you know what, it's okay. God will see it through. We can rejoice in Him because He's on the throne. Doesn't matter what happens when God is in control because He will make sure all things work together for good. It points people to the author of the peace. Just as we close, I, maybe today you're, you're here and, and maybe coming in today, you've, you've felt anxiety, you've felt fear. Maybe you've been worried about things. Can I encourage you today to begin lifting your eyes up and giving God praise because he's worthy of it and he's more than able to help you through it. But we need to get our eyes off self and eyes upon him. There's a temptation, as I said at the beginning, there's a temptation for us to just focus on me, focus on the situation, be overwhelmed. But you know, when we start to rejoice, something shifts even in our own hearts. We see how big he is. Today's a day, if you're struggling with fear, can I tell you to rejoice in the Lord? And again, I say rejoice. Paul said it twice. I think it's important that we rejoice. Exclamation mark. We need to rejoice in the Lord. Lift up his name. But then give these things to the Lord. Today is a great day. To give him control in, in these situations that are, are overwhelming us. Let go of the grip and cast the care upon him. And then allow God to bring his peace. You know, it's okay not to be worried. You know that? Sometimes I feel we can feel guilty about not being worried about a situation as if we don't care. Worry does not equate to care. We can be peaceful and still care. Jesus was asleep in the boat, still cared. But was at peace when everyone around him in the boat was fearful. It didn't mean he didn't care. You know, we can be in situations thinking, well, if I'm worried, at least I'm doing something. How many of you have thought that even? At least I'm doing something. I'm worried about it. I'm not sleeping. At least I'm doing something. Do something about giving it to the Lord and have a good night's sleep. Right? God has come that we would have life and life to the full. And that's every single day. The situation may change over time. But it's God that will make the difference in your life today. If we allow him to. Why don't you stand with me, please? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.